0: Who is still alive and who isn't? Who's in the running for the playoff? Who's in run for their conference championship? Who's in line to make a New Year's 6 bowl game? Let's talk about it. Hey, it was BYOG, bring your own guts! Fourth and five, the national championship on the line. I've got the big man! I think Notre Dame got him, got him. Put it on the ball, for better. Country, post free! Uh, and Lewis caught it on the flex, and It's picked off. Breaks free. They won't catch him, I don't believe. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! He's going for the corner. He's got it. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis. It's called. It's called. It's called. Oh, is that a good game or what? What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk College Football. This episode's going to be a little bit different. I'm kind of trying to get away from what I had been doing because I misleaded everyone in my first podcast. I said I wasn't going to get too in-depth with what's going on in the season as far as like week-to-week game breakdowns, and I kind of started doing that. At this point, I think it's important to basically just talk about who's alive and who isn't, and th- and there's three different tiers to that. So, who's alive for the playoff? That's the big prize. That's the main thing that most people care about. The next thing is, who's still alive to make a New Year's Six bowl game? Because that's a big freaking deal too. And then thirdly, who's alive to win their division, which essentially means they're alive to win their conference championship. Now, the reason I want to talk a lot about this is because I get really frustrated when I turn on ESPN, which has honestly just become garbage to me lately as far as college football is concerned. Not when they broadcast games not college game day that stuff is all phenomenal and always will be i've always enjoyed espn's broadcast of a college football game more than anyone else although fox has been doing a good job that's kind of changing but that's a totally totally other note what i'm talking about is college football live or all these talk shows you know the ones that have joey galloway and Heather Dinich, and and I like these people, especially Heather. Heather is one of my favorite people at ESPN. She's always covered the ACC as far as I can remember back and being a huge Florida State fan, I've always um, enjoyed her breakdowns on college football. But even her, in my opinion, is starting to fall in line with this ESPN playoff propaganda, if you will. And what I mean by that is I understand that shows have to drive ratings and it's all about you know, entertainment, but I enjoy just actually talking college football legitly and being very, very realistic about it. Now, what I'm basically trying to get at is when you turn on these shows each week, they all they talk about is who's out. So, for example, something that makes me frustrated is when you turn on the show this week and we know Oregon just beat Washington this last week, right? Texas beat Oklahoma. The week before, West Virginia lost this week, so you had some potential playoff teams go down, right? And everybody on the shows are talking like, okay, the Big 12 is out of the playoff. The Pac-12 is now out of the playoff. They have a 3% chance of making the playoff, and they're they're done. Washington's loss just cost the Pac-12 their playoff spot and oklahoma losing to texas two weeks ago and now west virginia losing to iowa state has just cost the big 12 a, a spot in the playoff what are you talking about like seriously what are they talking about it it, it makes absolutely no sense to me how is the pac 12 out of the playoff now i understand if you want to come in from the angle and say hey they don't control their own destiny anymore, right? When Penn State lost to Ohio State, before they lost to Michigan State, because now, yes, they are out of the playoff hunt. Um, But when Penn State lost to Ohio State, they weren't out of the playoff hunt. They didn't control their own destiny anymore, but they weren't out of the playoff hunt, right? And technically, when the season first starts, nobody controls their own destiny because... Only four teams get into the playoff, right? We all know that. Four teams get in. There's 120-something, 30-something, Division I college football teams, and there's only four spots available in the playoff. So no one controls their own destiny from the standpoint that it's possible that five teams go undefeated. That, that's possible. It's very unlikely. It's never happened. But it's not impossible. It's possible before each season starts that you could have an undefeated Pac-12 champion, an undefeated Big 12 champion, an undefeated Big 10 champion, an undefeated SEC champion, and an undefeated ACC champion. In that scenario, one of them is going to get left out. Or you could also have an undefeated Notre Dame in that mix. So you have the potential to have six undefeated teams each year, right? Power five playoff contending teams and let's say in a crazy world you had six teams go undefeated well guess what two of them aren't going to the playoff so those teams whoever would get left out whoever it is in that scenario those teams technically didn't control their own destiny even though they won every game on their schedule so so there's no such thing as really controlling your own destiny in college football you could, I mean, the SEC is always going to get a team in, one loss or undefeated, it seems like. So I guess you could say if you play in the SEC before the season starts, you control your destiny. I mean, it's kind of the same for all conferences. Maybe the Big 12 and Pac-12 are the conferences that say, hey, technically, even if we go undefeated, we need to make sure that there's not a bunch of other undefeateds out there, right? We get that. If you go undefeated, you're making the playoff unless there's other undefeated teams. So, what I think we need to do before I even talk about who's alive, is talk about how the playoff structure works, guys. So, like I just said, let's say we had five undefeated teams. You had an ACC, SEC, Pac-12, Big 12 um, champions. You had all the, you had five undefeated teams, one from each conference, right? Well, historically, I'm gonna tell you right now that the SEC is just gonna get in because they are whether that's fair or not, the SEC would get in, they would be the first team in. Then you'd have to look down the record, probably then the Big Ten team would get in, I'm guessing. Then the next three is where it gets hard, you know? If you have an undefeated Pac-12, Big 12, and ACC, it's really going to come down to who those teams played. So let's just say in this pretend scenario that the Pac-12 team that went undefeated didn't play anybody in the non-conference, and Pac-12 is usually considered the weakest of the five conferences, so maybe the Pac-12 just gets left out, and then you have four undefeated teams from the Big 12, ACC, SEC, and Big 10, and that other Pac-12 team just goes to the Rose Bowl or another New Year's Six game, and they get left out. Or maybe the Pac-12 team gets in, and the Big 12 team gets left out. Or maybe the ACC team gets left out. The bottom line is one of them gets left out. You, You know what I'm talking about, right? So... The next tier would be one-loss teams. Now, pretty much every year lately, everybody has a loss or two. Undefeated teams, especially since the playoff era has started, since the playoff era has started, only three undefeated teams have gotten into the playoff, and none of them have won the national title. So in 2014, Florida State was the defending champion. They were undefeated. They got into the playoff. They lost to Oregon. In 2015, Clemson was undefeated, they got into the playoff, they lost the national championship game in that classic to Alabama. The following year, Alabama's undefeated, and they lose that second classic national championship game to Clemson. So undefeated teams haven't even fared well in the playoff era. The last time we had a team run the table was 2013 Florida State. And before that, the last time we had an undefeated team run the table when the title was 2010 Auburn, I want to say. And before that, it was a little more common. You know, it used to be fairly common to have two undefeated teams play in the national championship game in the BCS era, right? The BCS era was kind of a combination of two undefeateds or an undefeated and a one loss. Those were the two common scenarios. And the playoff era has really been no different. But in the playoff era, it's more common for teams to have a loss, like last year, when every team had one loss that made the playoff. So realistically, we can expect everybody to have a loss. And and this year, I've, I've been saying this, guys, since the season started. I think everybody's going to have a loss before the season is over. Maybe Alabama, if they're as talented as everybody is saying, maybe they finish the season undefeated. Okay, then you got your undefeated team. Everybody else is going to have a loss, right? Maybe Notre Dame goes undefeated because they are better on paper than all the teams remaining on their schedule, but I really think that even they're going to slip up and have a loss on their on their record when it's all said and done. So the important thing to going from there is, when everybody has a loss, who gets in and who doesn't? Well, if everybody has one loss, then it's literally no different than if everybody was undefeated. If we have five conference champions, they all have one loss. It's really not a different scenario than if we have five unbeatens. Right? So when you have five one-loss teams, it's the exact same thing. Four of them are going to get in, and one of them is going to get left out. Now, if none of the teams have played each other, it's then it's exactly like the undefeated scenario, where you literally just have to kind of, using the eye test and resumes and strength of schedules and whatnot, determine, of those five teams, which four are the most deserving. And see, People argue about the playoff criteria. Is it about the four best teams or is it about the four most deserving teams? And the answer, whether you like it or not, is it's a combination of the two. Because a lot of times we don't know. When you're subjectively saying that these are the four best versus this other team or two teams that are getting left out, that is subjective. So deserving does matter. So if we had five undefeated teams, even if all five of those teams like you couldn't Pick who the best one was. They all just seem dead even, which usually isn't the case. But for devil's advocate purposes, let's say, you know they're all the same. Well, then you have to t- make a deserving case, and you would have to eventually say, well, you know what? The Big Twelve team that's undefeated—they just their schedule was weaker. They didn't do the same things that some of the other four teams did. So we're gonna put the other four in and leave them one out. If everybody's eleven and one or twelve and one conference champions then you, you do the exact same thing. You look at who gets in and who doesn't. Look at 2014, for example. The The main difference that year is that Florida State was undefeated, but let's say Florida State had one loss. They lost some random game, but then they won their— let's say Florida State lost early that year and had a conference loss or just a loss going into the end, but they still won their conference and they were you know, 12-1. Because when that year ended, remember, it was undefeated Florida State, we had one loss Bama, we had one loss Ohio State, Big Ten champ, we had one loss Oregon, Pac-12 champ, and then you had the other two one-loss contenders, Baylor and TCU, that were competing for it. And Florida State got the nod because they're undefeated, they weren't going to leave the undefeated defending champion out, that just would have made no sense, even though Florida State felt a little weaker than even TCU and Baylor, who they made it in over. Ohio State was going into the playoff with a third-string quarterback. Most people knew that Florida State was probably the weakest of the four teams, but they were undefeated, so they got in. Right? So, if everybody had one loss, would Florida State have still gotten in? Or would one of those Big 12 schools have taken their place? It's hard to tell. I I honestly think that if Florida State had one loss but it was early and then they had the same record, that you would have had the same exact four playoff teams that year, especially because the Big 12 didn't have their championship game like they do now. But anyway, what I'm trying to get at going forward is everybody's going to have a loss probably, except maybe Bama, maybe Notre Dame. Probably everybody's going to have a loss. So therefore, every one-loss team is still a contender for the playoff. Oregon is a contender for the playoff. An 11-1 Pac-12 champion is probably going to make the playoff. And the only way that they wouldn't make the playoff is if you had four other conference champions with one loss or less or an undefeated Notre Dame, which would knock out two um, conference champions instead of just one, like typical. And everybody's like, what do you mean? What do you mean? No, let me get this through everyone's head. This fantasy that a lot of SEC fans have come up with about how two of their teams are going to get in, it's not going to happen unless what happened last year happens. Remember, Alabama got in over two lost teams. Ohio State only has one loss. They make the playoff last year. You could probably argue that if Ohio State... Even if they had their two losses, but they didn't get blown out by Iowa, if that game was more competitive, then I think even Ohio State with two losses makes that jump over Alabama. But Alabama had the one loss, and USC and Ohio State, the other two teams, that had their shot at that fourth playoff spot, they had two losses, and the committee decided two years in a row now to put a one-loss team that didn't even win their division in the playoff because of strength of schedule over the two-loss conference champions so understand that sec fans or big 10 fans whoever thinks that your conference is getting two teams in that's only going to happen if the other conferences have two losses okay and i know that on paper you're saying well wait a minute michael wait a minute If Georgia and Alabama played undefeated in the SEC championship game, even though that can't happen anymore because Georgia just lost, but even if you want to go back in time a week when SEC fans were thumping the whole notion that, you know what? Uh, If Georgia and Alabama play in the SEC championship game and they're both undefeated and they're ranked 1-2, and the loser of that game is in as long as it's close. No, that's not true. It was never true. Uh, I don't care how good you think both those teams are. A one-loss SEC team that doesn't win the conference is not going to get in the playoff over a conference champion with one loss. It's not going to happen. The committee's never done anything like that. And honestly, I don't think they should do anything like that. I understand it's the, the four best teams, but the reality is is accomplishments matter, games matter. If Oregon goes 12-1, and wins the Pac-12 championship game. They have in my opinion a better resume than an SEC team with one loss that doesn't win the conference. I know people are wait what are you talking about, Michael? Georgia would have beaten the all these ranked teams and Oregon didn't. Oregon's best win is over Washington who has two losses now and might have three or four losses when the season's over. So what? You can't leave out a conference champion. For a team that doesn't have a conference champion, if the records are tied, the only way that the one-loss teams get in is when everyone else has two losses. Remember, in 2016, when Ohio State got in, they got in over their own conference champion, Penn State, who had two losses. They got in over the Big 12 champion, Oklahoma, who had two losses. They didn't jump any conference champions with the same record, just like last year with Alabama. Alabama got in the playoff over two other teams. When when it was time for playoff last year, we knew three teams were getting in. We knew Georgia was going, we knew Clemson was going, and we knew that Oklahoma was going. But the fourth spot was tricky, right? Wisconsin was undefeated, but then Ohio State beat them in the Big 10 Championship game. So the Big 10 champion had two losses. Notre Dame had three losses. They're out. The Pac-12 champion USC had two losses and they weren't that and they were bad losses. So they were out. Then it was okay, Alabama. Well, they didn't win their division, they lost their last game, and pretty much every year they would have been out, but in that scenario, the committee decided, you know what? there's really not a good fourth team to pick. So I guess we'll give it to the one-loss Alabama team, kind of like the year before when they gave it to the one-loss Ohio State team. So that's what they went with. And because of that, people have gone into this season thinking that it's easy for the SEC to get two teams in, or the Big Ten. Like, going into this season, everyone was saying the Big Ten was that team that's going to get two teams in. Slow down. You'd only get two teams in if the other conferences kind of start to shoot themselves in the foot. And that could happen. Ohio State could lose two games, guys. They got to play Michigan State. Michigan, sandwiched in between that, is Maryland. It's possible. Michigan looks really good now, right? Michigan is a total playoff contender. So I just want to get that out there because people are acting like there's only a couple teams that, that can get in the playoff right now, and that's not true. There's a lot of teams. Danny Cannell, who's a little crazy sometimes. I love Danny, but he's definitely an SEC hater more than he has to be. And I get he thinks he's coming out against this giant SEC bias, which sort of exists, but not to the extent that the SEC haters make it out to be. Just like the SEC lovers are a little overrated too. Yes, they they usually have the best conference. There's no denying that, but the gap between them and the other conferences isn't as crazy as they like to exaggerate it as. So let me tell you all the teams that are still alive for the playoff. Some of them control their destiny more than others. Some of them would need some help, but it's very possible that they get in. Let me read the team. So I got, I got 15 teams on this list. I'm going to come out right now and say that UCF is not on the list because they didn't get in last year. If there was ever a scenario to put a group of five school in the playoff, it would have been last year. UCF was sitting there undefeated. Eye test-wise, they looked really talented, and there wasn't a really good fourth spot for the playoff. Alabama did not deserve to get in the playoff last year based on how they went, but because there were other teams that kind of fudged up even more than they did, Ohio State with the two losses, USC with the two losses, then it was kind of like, okay, default to Bama. But Bama was not a strong team going into the playoff. I know they won the national title. That's irrelevant to going into the playoff. Going into the playoff last year, Alabama's biggest wins were Florida State and Mississippi State, and a mediocre-ish LSU team, okay? They did not have the strength of record and strength of schedule that they usually had. Florida State was terrible last year. That was one of Bama's biggest wins and closest games. Mississippi State was pretty decent last year. That game went down to the last seconds when Alabama won, and then Auburn kind of kicked Bama's butt. They made them look weak. They totally shut down their passing game, and it was they won that game the way Alabama typically wins games. Defense, crock-potting, the slow, cook-you-till-you-lose games. That's what Bama does. That's what Auburn did to Bama last year, and then somehow Bama benefited from losing that game because they didn't have to go to the SEC Championship and play Georgia. They said, no, you know what? Hold on. We'll just play you in that building a month later for the national title, and we'll win that one instead. So... And tip, yeah, that annoyed me last year because I just don't like the idea of losing your last game and then making the playoff. I mean, it just... Benefiting from losing is not something that should happen. But at the same time, I can't blame the committee because you had these other teams that had two losses and they did that way the year before, so they kind of had to follow the criteria they set for themselves. But why not UCF? That would have been the perfect time to say, you know what, none of these other teams are living up to credentials you have ohio state getting blown out by iowa with two losses usc with two losses alabama didn't even win their division so we're gonna let ucf in but they didn't let ucf in last year so there's no way they're getting no one's getting in this year i mean that was literally the perfect scenario to let a group of five team in and they didn't do it so ucf isn't on my list i just wanted to get that out of the way but let me tell you all the teams that are on my list This is in alphabetical order. I'm literally reading this off of Danny Connell's tweet because I agree with it so much. So, Bama, Clemson, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, LSU, Michigan, NC State, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Oregon, Texas, Washington State, and West Virginia. All of these teams are alive to make the playoff. Yes, I know West Virginia just lost badly, but they're still alive for the playoff. All these teams are alive because they all are undefeated or have one loss and are all in control of their destiny as far as they all have chances to win their divisions, which means they can win their conference, which means they can win their conference either going undefeated or with one loss, which typically means you're in. One-loss conference champions do not get left out that often. They only real time we saw that was in 2014 when Baylor and TCU were both 11-1 and and didn't make the playoff. There was no conference champion. They were kind of a tie, but Baylor had beaten TCU in the regular season, and that was kind of that. That was the only real time that that happened. Since then, every one-loss conference champion has made the playoff. They've made the playoff every single year. Every team that's gone... 12-1 or undefeated in their conference has never gotten jumped by someone else. 2014 was the only time that happened. So if you finish 12-1 and or better and win your conference, you're in the playoff. The only way you don't make the playoff as a one-loss conference champion is if all the other conferences have the same or better record and then someone just has to get left out. That's just how how it works. Someone has to get left out because there's four spots and five conferences and Notre Dame. So that's just that's how it works. So you the SEC fantasy people out there that are that can't wait for a Georgia Alabama game. Even now people are saying it. People are saying, well, if Alabama is undefeated going into the SEC championship game and they play like a one-loss Georgia or a one-loss Florida or whoever, and they lose, they would still make the playoff. No, they wouldn't. Guys, I don't care how good Alabama looks. If they lose that last game, unless there's more chaos like last year with the conferences, they're not jumping. They're not jumping a 12-1 and Oregon conference champion. They're not jumping a 12-1 and Oklahoma, Texas, or West Virginia, conference champion. It's not going to happen. And for the most part, I think that's pretty fair. How can you tell a conference champion that has an identical record or better record than a team that didn't win their conference that, sorry, this team's getting in over you? Because you know what? We just think they're better. We just think that they're better than you. So they're getting in over you. No, bad idea. It, it, it just doesn't work. There's been plenty of years where we thought we knew who the best teams were and we were just wrong about it. I mean, one of the best examples is 2006. If if anybody remembers 2006, that was the year of the Ohio State-Michigan game, the game of the century. After, like, week three, Ohio State was number one um, preseason, but by week three or four, Michigan got up in the top five, and from that point on, for the whole season, they were hyping up that Ohio State Michigan game. And by the time they played, it was number one versus number two. And everybody was saying, this is basically the national championship. You can write up right now, these are the two best teams and they're playing right now. It was a really classic game between two amazing teams. Don't get me wrong, that I'll never forget that game. It was, it was an instant classic. And when it was over, everybody was like, yeah, those are the two best teams. Like, I think we have to have a rematch. And there was a lot of debate. Everyone's like, well, I don't know. What's going to happen? And then people are like, well, it'll, USC will probably get in. But then USC got upset by UCLA, another classic game. And then it was really like, okay, so is it Michigan? Are we going to see the rematch? Or what's going on? It ended up being that a Florida team, Urban Myers Florida team, got in. And going into the bowl season, it was like, okay, Ohio State's going to win the national championship game against Florida because who the heck is this Florida team? We know Ohio State and Michigan are the two stories of the season, and Michigan was playing USC in the Rose Bowl. A lot of people were mad that there wasn't a rematch. Well, guess what happened? Michigan and Ohio State both got their asses kicked by by their opponents. Florida dominated Ohio State in the national championship game, and USC blew USC's doors off in the Rose Bowl. So we were wrong, and thank God that they didn't decide to put Michigan back in, and have the rematch. Because realistically, the best two teams that year were probably Florida and USC. Now, USC didn't deserve to be there, though, because they had two losses. Obviously, Ohio State deserved to be there. They were undefeated. And then Florida, with one loss out of the SEC, that's kind of when the SEC dominance started was that year, and we kind of haven't looked back since. So I just I really want to get that out there and clear that up because I swear, you turn ESPN, it's like, oh, all these teams are in trouble. Oh, this team would need so much help. Really? I don't think so. Oh, Pac-12 has a 3% chance of making the playoff. Really? Because I think the likelihood of Oregon winning out is probably higher than some of these SEC teams because the SEC teams are playing harder competition. Oregon is going to be favored in all the rest of their games. Notre Dame is going to be favored in all the rest of their games. Some SEC teams like Georgia has got a lot of tough games ahead of them. Bama is going to be tested eventually. Now, they might be this all-world unbeatable team, but we don't actually know that yet because they haven't really played anybody. The best team that Alabama has played is Texas A&M, and there's like three or four teams in the conference better than A&M. So LSU looks good. They're going to test Bama, and Bama might still win. Bama might go undefeated. But if Bama goes undefeated and gets in, then the SEC has their team in, and they're probably not getting another team in unless just absolute chaos breaks out. So just know that that's how it's going to go down. And that's also why it's safe to pretty much look at every conference as its own race and... Look at the SEC and just try to figure out who's going to win the SEC. That team has a 1 out of 5 shot, or basically a 4 out of 5 shot to make the playoff. And then do the same thing with the Big Ten, the Pac-12, the Big 12. Look at the conference champions, right? Because the reality is, is most likely, and this is where Notre Dame shakes things up, but take Notre Dame out of the equation for a second, and you basically just have to choose 4 out of the 5 conference champions to go to the playoff. That's the criteria. When things start to get shaky and where maybe you don't put a conference champion in is the scenario we've had the last two years where you have some teams that have one loss but don't win their division, like 2016 Ohio State or 2017 Bama, but you have conference champions with two losses, right? Last year, as I've said already 20 times, Ohio State two losses, USC two losses. So your Pac-12 and Big 10 champs were suspect teams with two losses as compared to the other three teams being the playoff are very strong. That's what gave Bama with the one loss, not winning their division the chance to get in, just like in 16 when Ohio State got in with the one loss because the committee valued the record over the conference championship. So there are things more important than the conference championship. Record has shown to matter a little bit more if you have a better record that can trump teams with conference champions But if records are the same conference champion will trump your Record or your strength of schedule or everything every time the only scenario I can think Where that'd be would come into play is maybe head-to-head maybe if you had a 12 and 1 conference champion Against an 11 and one non-conference champion, but that non-conference champion had like beaten the other team in the regular. Like let's say it was let's say Auburn finished 11 and one this year, which obviously isn't going to happen because they have like three, four losses whatever. Now they they just have fallen short of expectations. But let's say Auburn had one loss this year. They finished 11 and one, and let's say that loss was to Bama, so they didn't win their own division. And then let's say when it came down for playoff time we were deciding between washington and auburn like if it came down to those two teams for the that fourth spot and washington was a conference champion at 12 and 1 and auburn wasn't at 11 and 1. well in that scenario then i can see why you would take auburn over washington because they have a head-to-head victory over them because as i said the thing that should matter the most is the games and playing the games and winning and or losing the games it doesn't matter if you play in a tougher conference go win your games win your conference and then see if the committee respects you more than the other conference champions and puts you in the playoff i mean think about it in the nfl there's been years where probably on paper the top three teams all come out of the nfc or the afc and maybe there's years where the nfc championship game has two better teams than the afc championship game well guess what the super bowl still is the super bowl and in college football it's very similar yes in a in a perfect world in a perfect college football world where the college football gods give us these perfect scenarios we would have it go down where every single year every conference championship game is between these two one loss teams from the conference which basically makes all those games de facto playoff games. You have four conference, or you have five conference champions, and then we leave one of them out, and that's where all the controversy lays. Well, sorry, that's not how it works. Things differ by year. Sometimes, on paper, the two best teams are in the same conference, or worse, in the same division. And when that happens, you have all these people making the arguments for, oh, like rematches in national titles, or and or two teams from the same conference getting into the playoff it just it doesn't work guys another another thing to note about last year and the fact that alabama and georgia both got in is they also didn't play each other in the regular season so it wasn't a rematch of any sort realistically if alabama beats auburn like they should have beaten auburn and then they go to the sec championship game and beat georgia georgia gets left out but also, if Georgia beats Alabama, then Alabama probably gets left out. You really think that the committee is going to, the same day that Alabama loses a game, put them in the playoff? I mean, maybe the way things shaked out last year with other karma champs, maybe that still would have happened. But if Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship game, and the SEC championship game is this Battle the same way the national championship game was, then instead of Georgia going, you have Bama, Oklahoma, Clemson, and then really, you would have to take a two-loss team at that point. You would have to have taken Ohio State, probably. That That's what would have happened. But, again, go back to the NFL. If we have a year where you have two amazing teams playing the NFC Championship, let's just say the NFC Championship was played between two teams with crazy records, great quarterbacks, they were clearly the best two teams and the AFC championship game happened to be two teams that were mediocre in the regular season. You know, you know like when we had the Giants go 9 and 7 and make the Super Bowl in 2007 and they played the Patriots who were literally 18 and 0, okay? Well, the Patriots finished the season 18 and 1 when it was all said and done and the Giants finished season i uh like 12 and 7 or whatever it was they were nine and seven going into the playoffs and then they won all the games including the super bowl okay they got hot at the end and they won new england it on paper is the better team guys like obviously probably eight seven to eight times out of ten The Patriots are going to beat the Giants. And in fact, earlier in the year, the last regular season game of that year, the Patriots did beat the Giants, okay? But the Giants were still Super Bowl champions, the best team in the NFL 2007. And no one, like, disputes that. No one's trying to say, well, you know what? The Patriots should still be recognized as champions or the best team of the year because, you know, they were... No, that's that's not how it works, okay? So in college football, people try to, like, make it work that way, just... No, it's fine. If you play in a conference championship game and you lose, you're out. You didn't win. And yeah, there are some circumstances, if the other conferences are just shooting themselves in the foot or not performing, where that's what gets you in. But you don't get in because you just de facto stand apart from everybody else who's accomplishing similar things. It just doesn't work that way. So all those teams I mentioned... And i actually forgot to mention washington state they're still alive because why they're five and one right now and they have that which means they have the chance to finish 11 and one and get into the pac 12 championship game where they could win that at 12 and one in which case they have a really good shot at the playoff they might get beat out because maybe everybody has a one loss champion or maybe order dame goes undefeated and knocks some teams out but they have a better chance of getting in as a 12-1 Pac-12 champ than an 11-1 Big Ten team that didn't win the conference or an 11-1 SEC team that didn't win the conference. I don't know why people don't like to hear that so much. Like, who cares? And the only time you should be advocating for the latter is if it, if it helps your team, right? If you are that team that has that one loss but didn't win your conference and you think your team's one of the best four then yeah by all means fight for your team but why do people that aren't involved in that team try to make that argument for them right like why do we even have conference supremacy battles and intellectual battles between people and broadcasters like who cares if a conference is more dominant you know all the people that are sec haters because they think there's this big bias guess what the sec is the best conference and also who cares it doesn't matter let them be the best conference like why did why does that have to matter so much the only reason i think people have to make all this up of like why it matters so much is because they want to defend their team if your team plays in a tougher conference you have a tougher schedule strength of schedule right so then you might be able to use that at the end of the year to to battle for your team but what's the point like Like, I'm a Florida State fan, right? So, I don't care what Miami does. I don't care what Clemson does, Virginia Tech. I want Florida State to win every game on their schedule and win as many national championships as possible. Obviously, it's better for them if the conference is good, so then you don't have to worry about not making it. But I don't care what Clemson does. I don't don't care. They could go undefeated and win championships, or they could lose. I just care what Florida State does. So all these SEC fans, if you're a Bama fan, who cares about the rest of the conference? Just be Bama, win games, win national championships. If you're LSU, why do you care how good the SEC is or isn't? Just go win games, championships. And do you really care? I mean, would you rather be in the SEC and not win championships but just thump that sec pride or would you rather be in a different conference and win championships like you care about your team winning and the reality is is lsu or these sec schools can say that they play in the sec all they want And other schools can say, well, we have a better record than you. And SEC fans are like, yeah, but we play in the SEC, so it levels out. Like, well, I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe not. It doesn't matter. Just go play someone and win or lose, right? At the end of the year, we have bowl games, and you have all these different conferences playing each other. Win or lose those games to make the determinations between who's better. And even when teams play each other and we have these battles, all that really tells us is who's better that day. People get way too caught up in, like, these dragons. Oh, well, at the end of the year this team beat this team in the bowl game which means and if we go back and look at who that team win and lost to that means this which means this and it's okay to look at those stuffs and draw conclusions on like who what a team really was but at the end of the day win or lose right like whatever happened to any given saturday right if you truly believe in any given saturday then that means you believe that a team can lose a game and on paper, still be the better team, but we we only care about results, which is what we should care about. Who'd you beat and who'd you lose to? That's what matters, right? And people just get way too caught up in defending conferences and defending teams for the wrong reasons. Like, just knock it off. The SEC is the best conference. That's a fact. But it's also a fact that the gap between the SEC and the rest of the conferences is not anywhere near as big as sec homers make it out to be okay it's just not if you win a power five conference with a good record meaning one loss or less you should be in the playoff and the only time you get beaten out for that spot is if everyone had an equal record so then they have to take four and leave one out right i mean it sucks, but that's just the way it is, right? I mean, this happens in conferences sometimes, right? You have these weird three-way ties. best example is 2008, Big 12, okay, there's there was two divisions. Right now, the Big 12 only has 10 teams and they do the round robin. But at, back in 2008, when the Big 12 actually had 12 teams and had two divisions, like the rest of the conferences, okay, what happened in 2008? You had three really good teams that year. You had Texas, Oklahoma, and Texas Tech. All three of these teams were very good. What happened was Texas beat Oklahoma in the Red River Shootout in October. Then a little bit later, about three, four weeks later, Texas gets upset by Texas Tech. And Texas Tech was undefeated. Now Oklahoma and Texas both have a loss. And Texas Tech is the outlier. Well, then Oklahoma destroys Texas Tech creating this weird three-way tie where they have all beaten each other. And because Texas Tech got blown out, they kind of by default became the team that fell to the bottom of those three. And everybody was like, okay, well, Texas or Oklahoma, Texas or Oklahoma. And we had like four weeks left in the season to determine which one of those teams was going to get in if they finished, you know, with the same record. And Oklahoma just had more style points. So in the BCS and the voters' polls, you know, they got the nod. And it was basically like, well... Texas beat Oklahoma and has the same record as them. But Texas Tech beat Texas and has the same record as Texas. But Texas Tech got their butts kicked by Oklahoma, who has the same record as them. So they had this weird three-way tie, and the way they decided it that year is they just said, we're going to go with the team that is higher ranked in the BCS. And Oklahoma was had more style points with Sam Bradford in their offense, so they got to go play in the Big 12 championship game against Missouri instead of Texas or Texas Tech. They won that game. They went to the national championship, where they lost in a great game to Florida and Tim Tebow's team. So... Again, that's just another example of like what happens, right? Everybody, that's college football. That's what it is. So all the teams that I mentioned earlier, they're alive for the playoff. Win your conference without two losses or more, you're pro- you have just as good of a chance to get in the playoff as anyone else. Now, what's a- crazy about this year, as I've said several times, is Notre Dame. If they go undefeated, they're in, and then two conferences are getting left out. In which case, the SEC or Big Ten or whoever definitely isn't getting two teams in, because then four or th- because then three conferences would get left out, right? Like that—that's not going to happen. If Notre Dame gets in, you automatically are leaving two conferences out. So then you think Notre Dame is going to get in, and then we're going to put. Two Big Ten teams in? No. I mean, maybe. It's not that that's impossible, but the games and records of teams have to play out that way. Yes, let's say the SEC destroys itself and everybody in the SEC finished with two losses or more. And let's say the same thing happened in the Pac 12 and the same thing happened in the ACC and Notre Dame's undefeated and Ohio State ends up with their only loss to Michigan and you have a one-loss Michigan team and a one-loss Ohio State team, Notre Dame, then sure, throw the two Big Ten teams in with Notre Dame and then find that fourth spot to put someone in, right? So yeah, it's like all these different things can happen, right? Like last year, Auburn was in place to get in with two losses, but I still don't think they were going to really get in over conference champions with one loss or less. Maybe maybe they would have. I mean, who knows? Who knows? And that's the other thing, guys. Like I'm saying all this, and this is my opinion. But it's not just my opinion because I believe it. I mean, I think this is the best way to structure it, and the best way the committee should select teams. But I'm also going off of that's how they've done it. That's pretty much how the BCS went. That's exactly how the playoff era has gone. And I don't expect them to really do it much different this year. So the fun part is we get to sit back and watch it happen. There's a bunch of teams still alive for the playoff. Who's in, right? That's just a big question. Who's in? Who knows, right? But then also, it's not just the playoff. Teams are battling for conference championships and New Year's Six Bowl games, right? Michigan State is probably not in the playoff hunt right now. It would like a, a, So much chaos would have to happen for Michigan State to get back in the playoff hunt that it's virtually impossible. But do you think Michigan State's season is over? No. They have a great shot to win the Big Ten. They could win the Big Ten. So you think they're not going to sit there and fight for that? I mean, that's important to them, right? It's Out of 128 teams, only four teams make the playoff. You can't have an attitude of playoff or bust, right? That's what destroys teams. We've seen a lot of good teams that played some tough games early in the season and then once they lost those games and didn't really have playoff hopes, instead of finishing strong, they kind of just give up and finish like 7-5 and five or something because, eh, well, we can't go to the playoffs, so whatever. That's ridiculous. We've seen a lot of teams have the opposite effect like USC two years ago. USC started out 1-3 two years ago. They rallied to win eight games straight, went to the Rose Bowl, beat Penn State, they were probably at the end of the year playing just as good as anybody. And if they would have gotten in the playoffs somehow, they probably could have won the whole thing or at least made it to the championship game. But they didn't deserve it because they were one and three. But you think that USC team wasn't still proud to rally to finish second in the Pac 12 and to go to a Rose Bowl and play Saquon Barkley in an epic game against Penn State? Like, no, that was awesome for them. That's like one of the best Rose Bowls we've seen. In a long time. Like, it was a great game. And both teams felt like they could have been in the playoff. And realistically, both those teams had enough talent to make the playoff. I actually thought that Penn State should have gotten in over Ohio State because they beat Ohio State that year. But the committee has decided that record is more important than a conference championship. And at least they're consistent about that. You know, because they did that in 2016, they had no choice but to do that in 2017. Because in 2017, I think. That, they probably, that Ohio State deserved it a little more than Bama. Realistically, in most years, Ohio State and Bama, neither of them deserved to get in. But if you had to compare those two teams, yes, Ohio State had a worse record. They got blown out by an Iowa team that just didn't make sense. But Alabama did not have as tough of a schedule as normal, and they lost their last game. And I just have a problem bene- letting a team benefit from losing. And if you're Bama, that's exactly what happened. They benefited from losing and that's just that's why I had a problem with that but at the same time i I was glad they were consistent because the year before Ohio State was that one lost de- team that didn't even win their division and they got in so it would have been really odd for the committee to suddenly let the two lost team in the year Ohio State has two losses it's like they'd be shifting the criteria for Ohio State so they couldn't do that like I said I live with last year's decision because they just didn't have good choices, right? Like It's like, think about politics, right? In our election, like, a lot of people that hate our president understand it because there just was two crappy candidates. One of them had to win, one of them had to lose, right? So look at Ohio State and Alabama for the fourth spot last year the same way. Like, they just weren't the best choices, but we had to put one of them in, and we put Alabama in. So that is my long rant about what's going on so far and like I said the reason that I'm, I'm doing this and you might be sitting there going no crap Michael like obviously I agree with you 100% or you might but I'm just saying that because when you turn on ESPN not just ESPN but I'm, I know I'm calling them out because they're the worst of it but when you turn on and you look at Twitter and you see what people are saying p- people aren't saying what I'm saying they're talking about three sec teams getting in and you know before the season started we were talking about can the big 10 get two teams in and it's like who cares about that type of stuff like your conference isn't number one because you got a team or two in the playoff you could get three teams in the playoff and still have a bad conference you're that just means you're super top heavy okay like getting in the playoff doesn't necessarily mean your conference like that that doesn't matter i know we like make it out to be that way, like, oh, like, the Pac-12 doesn't get in the playoff. Well, if I'm the Pac-12, who cares? Like, why does that one thing matter? Now, most likely, if you don't have a team in the playoff, it's because your conference is struggling. But think about it. The SEC, because they are the best most years, if it wasn't for Bama being extremely dominant and finding a way to get in most of the time, the SEC would just be beating each other up and not making the playoff. I don't think that changes the fact that they're the best conference. You're not just not the best conference because you have so many good teams that no one can have a good enough record to make the playoff. Like that's that's just the way it is. But anyway, I'm I'm done. I'm done with this. This is over with now. That was my rant about it. Take what you will. And seriously, guys, this is something I would love to hear thoughts about and have debates and discussions about. So, email me at letstalkcollegefootball@gmail.com. At If you're seeing this on Facebook post or whatever, comment on it. Say what you think. Twitter, tweet me. Uh, My Twitter is at Michael underscore K87. It's the Twitter I had in high school, so whatever. Um, But yeah, just let's talk about these things because I think a lot of people agree, but I think a lot of people disagree. I think there's a lot of people out there that do not agree at all with what I said. So I'd love to hear opinions about that. So let me know what you think. Have a good day. And... Let's see what happens this weekend.